0: WAR AND PEACE, BOOK 6, CHAPTER 14, READ FOR LIBRIVOX.ORG BY Robbie ROGERS On the 31st of December, New Year's Eve, eighteen oh nine, eighteen ten, an old Grande of Catherine's Day was giving a ball in midnight supper. The diplomatic corps and the emperor himself were to be present. The Grande's well-known mansion on the English Cay glittered with innumerable lights. Police were stationed at the brightly lit entrance, which was carpeted with red baize, and not only gendarmes, but dozens of police officers, and even the police master himself, stood at the porch. Carriages kept driving away and fresh ones arriving, with red-liveried footmen and footmen in plumed hats. From the carriages emerged men wearing uniforms, stars, and ribbons, while ladies in satin and ermine cautiously descended the carriage steps, which were let down for them with a clatter, and then walked hurriedly and noiselessly over the bays at the entrance. Almost every time a new carriage drove up, a whisper ran through the crowd, and caps were doffed. The emperor? No, a minister. Prince. Ambassador. Don't you see the plumes? was whispered among the crowd. One person, better dressed than the rest, seemed to know everyone and mentioned by name the greatest dignitaries of the day. A third of the visitors had already arrived, But the rostovs who were to be present were still hurrying to get dressed there had been many discussions and preparations for this ball in the rostov family many fears that the invitation would not arrive that the dresses would not be ready or that something would not be arranged as it should be maria ignativa perenskaya a thin and sallow maid of honor at the court of the dowager empress who was a friend and relation of the Countess and piloted the provincial Rostovs and Petersburg High Society, was to accompany them to the ball. They were to call for her at her home in the Tarita Gardens at ten o'clock, but it was already five minutes to ten and the girls were not yet dressed. Natasha was going to her first grand ball. She had got up at eight that morning and had been in a fever of excitement and activity all day. All her power since morning had been concentrated on assuring that they all, she herself, Mama, and Sonia, should be as well-dressed as possible. Sonia and her mother put themselves entirely in her hands. The countess was to wear a claret-covered velvet dress, and the two girls, white gauze over pink silk slips, with roses on their bodices, and their hair dressed a la grec. Everything essential had already been done. Feet, hands, necks, and ears washed, perfumed, and powdered, as befits a ball. The open silk stockings and white satin shoes with ribbons were already on. The hairdressing was almost done. Sonya was finishing dressing, and so was the countess. But Natasha, who had bustled about helping them all, was behindhand. She was still sitting before a looking glass with a dressing jacket thrown over her slender shoulders. "'Sonia stood ready-dressed in the middle of the room "'and, pressing the head of a pin till it hurt her dainty finger, "'was fixing on a last ribbon that squeaked as the pin went through it. "'That's not the way, that's not the way, Sonia,' cried Natasha, "'turning her head and clutching both hands at her hair, "'which the maid who was dressing it had not had time to release. "'That bow is not right. Come here.' "'Sonia sat down and Natasha pinned the ribbon on differently. "'Allow me, miss.' "'I can't do it like that,' said the maid who was holding Natasha's hair. "'Oh, dear. Well, then, wait. That's right, Sonia. "'Aren't you ready? It is nearly ten, came the Countess's voice. "'Directly, directly. And you, Mamma? I have only my cap to pin on.' "'Don't do it without me,' called Natasha. "'You won't do it right.' "'But it's already ten. They had decided to be at the ball by half-past ten, and Natasha had still to get dressed, and they had to call at Tarita Gardens. When her hair was done, Natasha, in her short petticoat from under which her dancing shoes showed, and in her mother's dressing jacket, ran up to Sonya, scrutinized her, then ran to her mother. Turning her mother's head this way and that, she fastened on the cap, and hurriedly kissing her gray hair, ran back to the maids who were turning up the hem of her skirt. The cause of the delay was Natasha's skirt, which was too long. Two maids were turning up the hem and hurriedly biting off the ends of thread. A third, with pins in her mouth, was running between the Countess and Sonia, and a fourth held the whole of the gossamer garment up high on one uplifted hand. "'Marva, quicker, darling! Give me my thimble, miss. From there!' "'Whenever will you be ready?' asked the Count, coming up to the door. "'Here is some scent. Perenskaya must be tired of waiting.' "'It's ready, miss,' said the maid, holding up the shortened gauze dress with two fingers and blowing and shaking something off it, as if, by this, to express a consciousness of the airiness and purity of what she held. Natasha began putting on the dress. "'In a minute! In a minute! Don't come in, Papa!' she called to her father as he opened the door, speaking from under the filmy skirt which still covered her whole face. Sonya slammed the door, too. A minute later, they let the count in. He was wearing a blue swallowtail coat, shoes, and stockings, and was perfumed, and his hair pomaded. "'Oh, papa, how nice you look! Charming!' cried Natasha, as she stood in the middle of the room, smoothing out the folds of the gauze. "'If you please, miss, allow me,' said the maid, who, on her knees, was pulling the skirt straight and shifting the pins from one side of her mouth to the other with her tongue." say what you like exclaimed Sonya in a despairing voice as she looked at natasha say what you like it's still too long natasha stepped back to look at herself in the pier glass the dress was too long really mamma really madame it is not at all too long said marva crawling on her knees after her young lady well if it's too long we'll take it up we'll tack it up in one minute said the resolute dunyasha taking a pin that was stuck in the front of her little shawl and still kneeling on the floor set to work once more at that moment with soft steps the countess came in shyly in her cap and velvet gown oh my beauty exclaimed the count she looks better than any of you he would have embraced her but blushing she stepped aside fearing to be rumpled mama your cap more to the side said natasha I'll arrange it, and she rushed forward so that the maids who were tacking up her skirt could not move fast enough, and a piece of gauze was torn off. Oh, goodness, what has happened? Really, it was not my fault. Never mind, I'll turn it up. It won't show, said Tonyasha. What a beauty, a very queen, said the nurse as she came to the door. And Sonia, they are lovely. At a quarter past ten, they at last got into the carriages and started but they still had to call it Torita Gardens. Perenskaya was quite ready. In spite of her age and plainness, she had gone through the same process as the Rostovs, but with less flurry, for to her it was a matter of routine. Her ugly old body was washed, perfumed, and powdered in just the same way. She had washed behind her ears just as carefully, and when she entered her drawing room in her yellow dress, wearing her badge of Maid of Honor, her old lady's maid was as full of rapturous admiration as the Rostov's servants had been. She praised the Rostov's toilets, they praised her taste in toilet, and at eleven o'clock, careful of their coiffures and dresses, they settled themselves into their carriages and drove off. End of chapter 14